Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. The Teach Us to Pray sermon series continues. Today will be a slightly different experience from a regular First Pres sermon. Different, but still full and beneficial. Our executive director, Chris Pan, will explain. And uh, thank you. For joining us this morning, uh, either, uh, either here in person at Kolau or um, joining us online um, for worship today. Today, as Pastor Dan mentioned, is the great American holiday of Super Bowl Sunday um, in which we come together as family and friends and celebrate great American things like nachos and poke and edamame. Um, and we watch hours of commercials together and sometimes watch some football. Um, and I think it's a hilarious thing. It's a great celebration of materialism. Uh, the statistics that's you know, fascinating to um, follow every year is um, how much does a 30-second Super Bowl ad cost? And this year, it is $7 million. Um, so let me be the first today, and certainly not the last, who will make this joke uh, when you watch a commercial. And I'll say, or someone will say, well, that was a waste of $7 million. Um, we're going to do something very countercultural today, and you can feel it already. We're going to do the ancient things and the countercultural things of being silent and quiet and pray uh, on this day when the rest of the world is very noisy. Uh, we are going to be quiet people, people of change and peace um, and quiet. Um, we have been going through this sermon series on prayer. Um, and we're going to be continuing on this throughout Easter and throughout this whole year. We're just really focusing on prayer. Um, today we're focusing on prayer of contemplation. Sermon title today is Contemplation. We've been working through these last few weeks on different aspects of prayer. Last week, Pastor Dan spoke about unanswered prayer. Um, I really love what Pete Griggs says about unanswered prayer, that the question we ask in, when we have unanswered prayers is not why, God, but where are you, God? Uh, we've been learning about petition and intercession. Petition, very simply, is save me, God, help me. And intercession is save them, help them. Today, contemplation. Pete Grigg, pastor and author, writes in his book, How to Pray, if petition is prayer at its simplest and intercession is prayer at its most powerful, contemplation is prayer at its deepest and most personally transformational. Contemplation is prayer at its deepest and most personally transformational. I don't know about you, but I am in need of depth and personal transformation. I am in need of stillness and the quietness of contemplative prayer from my mind and my soul, particularly in our noisy world. Uh, a number of us went to our annual denominational meeting uh, just last week, and thank you for the, providing the opportunity for us to go and be with other members of our denomination, uh, learning from great speakers um, and just fellowshipping together with other people uh, across our church denomination. And before I go on books, I always download, uh, before I go on trips, I always download a bunch of books, e-books and audiobooks onto my phone um, because it's a long flight and uh, this meeting was in um, you know, Southern California. There's a lot of driving around in LA. Um, and as the son of a public librarian, um, I highly recommend uh, the public library to you. Good morning, mom, watching in Connecticut. I love you. Um, 
Anyway, I downloaded books by Henry Nowen and Brene Brown, uh, Eugene Peterson and Bishop Desmond Tutu, Priya Parker on the art of gathering. And I downloaded nine out of 10 books. There's a 10 book limit. When I came across this book titled, Don't Overthink It, and I thought, man, that's a great title. I totally need to read this book because I tend to overthink things. But I've already checked out nine out of these 10 books, and there's a 10 book limit, so this would be my last book. And is this really the right book for this last spot? Like, what if it's no good? I've never heard of this author. I've never really heard of this book. And what if there's another book that's better and now I can't get it? And it's an audio book. Is it really the right format to be listening to this book? Then maybe this is better read in print. Should I be reading it now? Or maybe I should read it when I come back on the trip. Should I get this book? This book titled, Don't Overthink It. Uh, I got the book and it's a good book. Um, it's very noisy in here sometimes in my brain. Uh, lots of thoughts and worries, lots of cares and concerns. I imagine you have a lot going on in your brain as well. Uh, little things like, should I get the limu poke or the spicy ahi poke today? Um, or some big, like, should I change my job? Um, should I move? It's noisy in here. Um, and it's not just noisy in here in my brain. Um, it's often noisy in here, inside my soul. And imagine some of us may be unsettled today in our soul as well. A wound that we're carrying that's in need of healing. A relationship that's in need of reconciliation. A person we might need to forgive. A crisis of faith or hope. Uh, it's noisy in here. It's noises around us as well. Uh, it's been a tumultuous few months for our church um, with lots of transitions of dearly loved and beloved staff members. It can be unsettling and noisy seasons of change and transition. And it's definitely noisy in the world around us. Uh, war continues in the Ukraine, heartbreaking earthquake in uh, Turkey and Syria, continued political unrest and noisiness. The list goes on. In the midst of all that noise, the antidote is prayer, and in particular, contemplative prayer. Contemplation, contemplative prayer, is a prayer of quiet, a prayer of feeling. Contemplative prayer is experiential. It is often wordless. It is prayer that is consumed with God's love. The prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah 30, 15, for thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. As we go through our sermon this morning, ask yourself two questions. God, what are you saying to me? God, what are you saying to me? And two, God, what do you want me to do about it? Today, we're going to do much more praying than preaching. And we're going to lean more into transformation uh, than information, more into communion with God than communication. We're going to pray together, contemplative prayer. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Thank you for the choir, for the beautiful song this morning. Thank you for Roz and the worship team. Be still and know that I am God. And I can tell you all kinds of things about this verse about its meaning and its context, or we can be still and know that God is God. So let's do that. 
um, get into a posture of prayer now, whatever that might be. Maybe put your feet on the floor and uncross your arms. Maybe sit up. Close your eyes if you want. And let's pray. Take some deep breaths. In, deep breath in, breathe in God's presence. Deep breath out, breathe out your worries and troubles. Notice the feel and pattern of your breathing. I'll guide us along now and just listen and pray. God is saying to you, to us now, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know Be still. Be. Amen. Contemplation is a prayer of quiet, a prayer of feeling. Contemplation is experiential. It is often wordless. It is a prayer that is consumed with God's love. Contemplation is prayer at its deepest and most personally transformational. And more than anything, this prayer has changed me over the last few years. Uh, lingering in God's presence, watching the winds blow through the leaves of the trees. And some of you may love this. Some of you may find this deeply profound. And some of you may be highly suspicious <laughs> and think that this is weird, some new age mumbo jumbo. Um, and so let me assure you, this is ours, man. Um, this is not new age. They stole it from us. Um, 
David, the psalmist, Jesus himself, faithful Christians, monks and nuns from the earliest church through the fourth century till today um, in monasteries and covenants have been engaged and are engaged in contemplative prayer. And this is not some newfangled mindfulness in which you empty yourself. Um, Contemplation is very old, very ancient, very biblical, very Christian. And the goal is not to empty yourself, but to fill yourself with God, to let God fill you with himself. Let me point out something else that is very old, because I think that uh, I love that we are praying today and this morning as a community. Um, Because I think in our modern world, we might assume that prayer is more personal than communal. One of the other 10 books I downloaded was a book by the pastor Eugene Peterson called uh, The Contemplative Pastor. And in the book, Peterson notes the following. He's, he writes, if some, uh, Peterson was a pastor for many, many years, for decades. Um, he writes, if someone comes to me and says, teach me how to pray, I say, be at this church at 8 a.m. Sunday morning. That's where you learn to pray. Of course, prayer has alternate forms when you're by yourself. But the American experience has the order reversed. In the long history of Christian spirituality, community prayer is most important, then individual prayer. That's what Peterson writes. And so lucky for you, you are here today at this church at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. And what we're doing all morning, every Sunday morning, is we're learning how to pray. Prayer in song, prayer through worship, prayer in response to God's word preached, prayer lived out in community, in God's presence. Peterson writes that learning to pray in community teaches us two things, um, two important things. One, that prayer is not our initiative. That's not because I want to do it. That prayer is always in response to God's speaking, God moving, God's action. And second, that prayer doesn't depend on our feelings. You don't have to feel a certain way to pray. That when we come together and pray every week in worship service, We're learning that lesson. When Mariana prayed the prayers of the people this morning, you didn't decide to pray. You responded to the fact that we were all praying together. That's us learning to respond to God's initiative. And when Mariana prayed this morning, it didn't matter how you felt. You could have felt bad. You could have felt like you wanted to sing another song. You could have felt like you wanted to hear Dan continue on with announcements. It didn't matter how you felt. We were going to pray together. That's us learning about prayer every week, every Sunday. That prayer is our response to God. It's not our initiative, it's God's and our response. And that doesn't matter how we feel. Peterson writes this. It's impossible to learn to pray by yourself. But if I'm in a congregation, I learn over and over and over again that prayer will go on, whether I feel like it or not, or even if I sleep through the whole thing. So here we go again. Let's pray together. It doesn't matter whether or not you feel like it. It doesn't matter if you sleep through the whole thing. Um, One of my favorite kind of apocryphal stories um, is about this eager, Christian, faithful um, pilgrim who goes on this long journey to find a wise teacher, find a wise monk to explain to him prayer. Um, And this pilgrim after journeying hundreds or thousands of miles, finds this monk and says to the monk, you know, Father Monk, um, what does it mean when I fall asleep, when I pray? And the monk responds, 
it means that you are tired. <laughs> I like that. Prayer, it's simple. Um, let's pause and pray. And if you fall asleep, it doesn't mean anything except that you are tired. Before, you want to, before we go on and pray, I want to explain um, two old and ancient fancy words, because we are still Presbyterian. I want to give you some, um, some fancy words to hold on to. Um, our modern Western prayer is heavily skewed towards the apophatic type of prayer. Apophatic meaning without words or images. For all of us who learned how to pray with someone telling us, bow your head, close your eyes, that's apophatic prayer. But there's this whole different tradition of prayer that's cataphatic. Cataphatic means praying using images, icons, symbols, rituals, incense, looking at creation. It is praying with your eyes open. We do this when we raise our eyes to the mountains, when we dance or sing incarnate in our bodies. We notice um, when you, the vast amount of religious art in museums are icons, pictures, paintings that were used as aids for prayer. And so bowing your head and closing your eyes is one way to pray, but it's also a way to pray to spread your arms open and to lift your head up and to open your eyes, to look at the mountain, to look and contemplate a painting. This is a slide of the oldest Byzantine religious icon. Um, from the 6th century, one of the oldest. Um, it's from a monastery at the foot of Mount Sinai and is titled, titled Christ, the Ruler of All. And we're going to take a few minutes to pray now, collectively, um, just praying the name of Jesus, just turning our attention to Jesus. Um, the, hymn, the, the words of the old hymn, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You can pray with your hands folded and your head bowed and your eyes closed. Or you can spread your hands and lift your head up and open your eyes and contemplate this painting that's going to come up. Um, or you can look outside at nature if you're at home. However you want to pray, let's just pray now. Let's just turn our attention to the person of Jesus. I'm going to just give you a few minutes in silence to pray the name of Jesus, to come and focus upon the face, the person of Jesus. If you could pull the uh, painting back up, that would be great. Jesus. 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 Amen.
Pete Grigg describes contemplative prayer as having three parts, three steps. And I think of it as a shift of our center of gravity. Um, part one is meditation, creating space for me and God. Step one is me and God, meditation. The center of gravity is still mostly with me. And step two is contemplation. God and me with the center of gravity shifting away from me and much more towards God. And step three is communion, where it's just God. We stare into the face of Jesus and our world and our problems fade away, grow strangely dim, and we get lost in God's consuming presence and love. And you can do contemplative prayer in all kinds of ways. Um, while you sit, while you walk, while you read a short passage of scripture, while you look at creation. Arasha will be here next week and talk about creation and uh, ways to engage in um, prayer in creation. And I think of this practice of contemplation of shifting our gravity from ourselves to God's presence. And I was really thinking about this idea of, you know, how do you do this work of contemplation? Um, and we think about gravity, um, think about like, how does gravity work? And obviously gravity works with magnets. Um, that's a joke, gravity does not work with magnets. Um, gravity works with mass. Um, and I have all these noisiness in my brain and my soul and in my world and it has all this mass and I want to hold on to this mass. But really, contemplative prayer is letting go and opening ourselves up. And what you find yourself when you let yourself go and open yourself up is that the cross has much more mass than these things, this noise. And God himself has much more mass than the things in my world. And I will be, gravity will pull me in that direction. Um, and so it's not hard work to let go and let gravity, the gravity of the cross and the gravity of God himself draw you from me and God to God and me to just God. More praying than preaching today. We're going to conclude by praying together through a prayer in the Lectio 365 app. Um, I've mentioned Praise You Go before. Uh, I want to mention Lectio 365 now. Um, you can download this app for your smartphone. It's got a morning prayer and an evening prayer, and each are 10 minutes or less. And engaging in this practice daily has been life-changing for me, and I hope for, um, it will be for some of you as well. Um, we're going to be guided to now together in a prayer um, it's from last month, um, so when um, the person who's guiding the prayer says today is Friday, January 13th, um, it is not, don't worry. Um, the, prayer, the person leading the prayer has a South African accent. Um, don't let that throw you. Focus on the prayer. Um, you can spread your hands, you can lift your head, you can open your eyes. You can look at this um, icon, this painting, this picture from the 8th century uh, from a monastery in Egypt, uh, that now hangs in the Louvre in Paris, and it is titled, Christ and His Friend. Uh, and his friend is likely Abbot Mena, who is the abbot in charge of that monastery. Also known as Christ and Abbot Mena, Christ and His Friend. Um, you can pray by looking at this painting, or you can pray with your hands folded, your heads bowed, your eyes closed, or you can sleep through it. Um, we're going to be praying anyway. Prayer is a response to God's initiative, and it doesn't matter how you feel. Um, 
And so now, um, thank you, tech team. We're going to roll through this prayer. It's about 10 minutes. Let's take now time. Prayer is a prayer of quiet and of feeling. This week, we are exploring some of the places where we find Jesus in the Bible before he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. Jesus, in this new season, I invite you to shape my life and set the direction of my year. I listen to your word. I long to imitate your works and I welcome your spirit as I fix my eyes on you. I choose to rejoice in God's beauty today, joining with the ancient praise of all God's people in the words of Psalm 45. Beautiful words stir my heart. I recite a lovely poem about the king, for my tongue is like a pen of a skillful poet. You are the most handsome of all. Gracious words stream from your lips, God himself has blessed you forever. Today I am reflecting on one of the most unusual books in the Bible. The Song of Solomon reads like a piece of theater or love poetry. In the Jewish tradition, it has long been understood as an allegory of relationship between God and Israel. And since the time of the early church fathers, it has been interpreted as an expression of the relationship between Christ and his bride, the church. Song of Solomon 2, verses 10 to 13. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come.
come away. When Karpov, the notable and very serious 20th century theologian, spoke to the students at the University of Chicago in 1962, the story goes that someone asked him to summarize his theology in one sentence. He apparently replied in the words of a song he had learned as a child, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. This is a divine romance at the heart of the universe, and I am included in it. I think of today's passage as an invitation from Jesus to me. I imagine him saying, Come away with me. Leave the busyness, distraction and demands behind. My love, even if only for a few minutes, come and spend time with the one who loves you most. I name someone I know who is looking for love. Perhaps someone single, someone who feels unloved or someone who has lost a partner. Lord Jesus, would you comfort them with your love and satisfy their soul. May they see themselves through your eyes, for you know the love they need. As I return to the passage, I open my ears to hear your word and my heart to yield to your will once again. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away.
after experiencing a series of visions, the 14th century English mystic Julian of Norwich wrote the book Revelations of Divine Love. I was told, she said, that love was our Lord's meaning. And I saw quite clearly that before God made us, He loved us, and in His love, He has done all His work, and in His love, our life is everlasting. Jesus, I cannot understand the depth or passion of your love for the world and for me. Though it feels inadequate, I offer you my response today by repeating three simple words. I love you. And now, as I prepare to take this time of prayer into the coming day, the Lord who loves me says in 1 John, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Father, help me to live this day to the full being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say, Amen. Amen. Contemplation is a prayer of quiet, a prayer of feeling. Contemplation is experiential, it is often wordless. It is prayer that is consumed with God's love. Contemplation is prayer at its deepest and most personally transformational. It moves from me and God to God and me and then to just God. As the worship team comes up now, take a few minutes now. What is God saying to you? What does he want you to do about it? What is God saying to you? What does he want you to do about it? If you'd like prayer after the service um, online, feel free to click the request the prayer button now. If you're here in the sanctuary, please feel free to have someone on our prayer team intercede with you um, uh, on our prayer line. Remember to um, head downstairs if you'd like some food from Second Helpings or to head to your prayer um, small groups, um, discussion groups. Um, God bless you. And now receive this final blessing. In the love of God, our Father, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. And all God's children say, Amen.
God bless you. We pray that you're able to add more contemplation into your prayer life and that you gain the peace that comes with it. If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, visit our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Pres sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. Join First Pres for church. We meet in person and online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus, 10 a.m. at the Vine in Kaka'ako, or online at the websites. And remember, when you visit the website, check out the news page to keep up with everything that's happening at First Pres. You can also sign up for emails, listen to or watch sermons, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Pres can do for you, please reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chan and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2023 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.